0: Greetings, everyone. Uh, Welcome to this episode of Daily Rhythms with Victor Hunter. And I'm, you guessed it, Victor Hunter. So thanks for tuning in today. Uh, If you are one of our regular listeners, welcome back. If you're a new listener, uh, welcome. If you tuned into this podcast by accident, too late, you're already here. So enjoy. Uh, So on our last episode, we talked about um, some of the uh, foundational principles uh, of the discipline of worship. And so today, we are going to be talking about uh, something that Christians are probably a little bit more familiar with, and that is corporate worship. And uh, to help me do that, I have invited my very special guest, uh, Jalisa McCleary. Jalisa, welcome to Daily Rhythms.
1: Hi, Victor. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Awesome. Uh, so uh, just to read uh, Jaleesa's uh, bio so that I don't leave anything out, um, Jalisa has been a worship leader at the Austin Stone Community Church uh, since 2012. It's quite an accomplishment. Uh, she is passionate about seeing men and women uh, connect with God in a Sunday context in a way that spills into their daily lives and rhythms of worshiping Jesus. Love that. Uh, In addition to leading worship uh, weekly, Jalisa spends much of her time investing in the development of female worship leaders and teaching worship ministry philosophy. Her hope is that the next generation would pursue God humbly connect with him in a way that transforms their lives and that they would follow him as he has equipped and called them to do. Mm-hmm. So that's quite an impressive bio, uh, Jaleesa. I want to, uh, again, welcome you to Daily Rhythms. And uh, I want to just um, ask you a couple of things that popped out at me from the uh, bio. Yeah. So what is your philosophy of worship? Let's start there.
1: Yeah. I mean, we we kind of have a, a couple of sayings that we throw around on our team here at Austin Stone, but um, one of them is that worship is a full life expression of who God is and what he's done. Mm. Um, and so that's so much of where it begins. Our worship is an offering that overflows out of what we've already received in Jesus. Um, and that should trickle into everything that we do, not just corporate worship, but just like you're talking about on this podcast, all of the daily rhythms of spending time with God and learning to follow after Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. And um, the other thing is your, your work with other uh, female worship leaders. Talk a little bit about yeah. that. What exactly do you do?
1: Yeah, that's one of my very favorite things that I get to do and I'm really grateful to be in a place that gets as excited about development as I do so I've got um, the opportunity on our team to bring in women who do worship residency with us so they will raise full time support to become part of our staff for two years. And they're leading worship consistently, receiving feedback on their skill, but also being developed, um, we say holistically, so head, heart, and hands. We're growing them in their knowledge of God, their affection for Him, um, and then discipling them also in the craft and skill of leading worship. And mm-hmm. so right now I've got two women who are doing that with me. I have a third coming in August, which I'm really excited about. And then um, I've got another gal who serves with me in my band week to week. And she's kind of doing sort of like an unofficial apprenticeship. So I I really get excited about the future of women leading in the church and um, the opportunity for women in a congregation to see female leaders on stage. And I think that there is a really fuller picture of God's heart for human beings in seeing male and female leading together. And so I, um, never want to pass up the opportunity to grab some women and get to invest in them so that they can aim at that. I think, um, so often there's this unfortunate low expectation of women leading in the church. Like maybe they don't know theology as well or when it comes to music, like maybe they're not very good musicians. I think the expectation is sadly a little bit low, but I see that changing. And so wow. I really want to capitalize on this thing that I see God doing in the church and really um, encourage these girls to grow in their skill and grow in their knowledge of God so that they can lead really effectively. It's it's really one of my favorite parts of my job.
0: Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Huh. It's awesome. You could probably write <laughs> a book about that.
1: <laughs> I would love to, it's so fun. <laughs>
0: Sorry about that. We uh, had some disruption there.
1: You sorry. Saw
0: okay. I am, yes. Sorry, sorry about that.
1: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I don't know what end it was on.
0: No, it was it was on my end. Someone was trying to okay. call me,
1: probably uh,
0: a telemarketer.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's always what happens. It's like they know when we're doing something else on our phones. <laughs>
0: yeah, we talked about that. Yes, yes. Yep, so that's
1: right.
0: So how did you develop your passion for worship? I would really love to hear that story.
1: Yeah, yeah. I... I always joke that it happened accidentally. It was for sure super intentional of the Lord, but I'm to invest in my relationship with Jesus. Um, I think I thought I had a relationship with Jesus prior to that. And then in that couple of years of things being shaken up, I really saw what was lacking in that. And Um. that was mostly obedience on my end. And so I had a couple of years to really settle in with the Lord and learn more about who he was and who he made me to be and, learned to not kind of put all of my eggs in the basket of one particular gifting, but really um, realize that he gives us so many different ways to worship him and serve him. And that for me, singing was just one of them. And um, when I got to a place of being better healed, I started serving in our students ministry, just singing. I literally committed to two weeks, Victor, and it turned into two years. <laughs> so I did yeah. not expect that at all, but I fell in love with it. I think I've always loved um, mentorship. And when I started really seriously following Jesus, I realized, huh, that's discipleship. And realized I had so much of a passion for seeing people grown into the people that God wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. And worship really just became, to me, another extension of that. And that's what really drew me into it was like, oh, I get to show up and lead people in worship and put theology on their lips because it's set to music and help them find words to pray to him when they don't really know what to pray through lyrics of songs. And Um, it's an investment in the development of God's people in teaching them how to worship him and follow him. And so I think when those things came together for me, like getting to see those two passions, development and music come together, I was kind of (laughs) hooked.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, God has always spoken to me really powerfully through music, I mean, yeah, like yeah. nothing else. Mm. Um, I mean, it's just incredible. Like when I'm, I'm going through a really rough time, I mean, I just, you know, turn on the music and worship. And, yeah. Um, do you find that's the case with you?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, sometimes as a worship leader, I want a little bit of a break from it. <laughs> so, <laughs> like,
0: well, you do it every week, so yeah. I do it every yeah.
1: week, yeah. So sometimes silence is my like most worshipful friend. Um, <laughs> but I think I, I it's never. I think I'm surprised that no matter how often I sing the songs or hear the songs, I'm always moved, and that's just because the spirit is really kind to meet us in art. And so it's, you know, showing up to a rehearsal, we do 6am rehearsals on Wednesday mornings in my band. So it's really early and we're there and we start singing and I'm like, I didn't even know I needed to sing this today, or I didn't even know that God was going to speak to me in this mm-hmm. way, in this moment for something that I thought I was preparing for Sunday, but he meant it for me on a Wednesday morning. Um, so, yeah, I think it is really incredibly powerful in a really mysterious way, I don't know how he does it, but I'm thankful that he does.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I remember listening to um, a podcast of this woman um, who said that you know she used to um, she used to be a musician, but she said she didn't really enjoy music. I'm like, mm. how does that work? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> but she enjoyed telling God's story through music right? Mm. And and so, but she said, I, I don't really enjoy music in and of itself, and I'm like, okay.
1: Fascinating.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I
1: yeah, when people are like, over. I don't like music, I'm like, what? <laughs> How could you not like music?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, even before I became a Christian, I mean, I was like, you know, listening to Motown, and, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of grooving on that, and then uh, and then, you know, I just developed this love for contemporary Christian music, you know? Yeah. 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 I think God speaks very powerfully. Um,
1: Agreed.
0: I, you know, and all of my interview for the show, uh, there's, there's kind of a backstory. So I want to kind of share that with our audience. I shared it with you during our initial meeting, but, Mm um, so when, when I was um, a young worship leader our process was basically okay you grab a hymnal for those of you who don't know what hymnals are they're like <laughs> these really thick this books with pages with songs on
1: yeah and notes
0: so uh you grab a hymnal and you flip through the pages and you're like oh that looks good you you call up the, the page number and you go off
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and and i said fast forwarding a few years later i said there's got to be something missing here mm. And so I read this article by a gentleman named Jerome Williams, and um, he, he, the title of the article was Song Leader or Worship Leader. Hmm. And so his, his point was that anybody can get up and lead a song, but the responsibility of the worship leader is to lead people into the presence of God. Hmm. How, how do you feel about that? Do you think that's true?
1: Yeah, I think, I think to an extent, um, I think that if we are believers, we're constantly in his presence and then there's something really unique that happens when so many believers are gathered in one space. Um, And I think I, we talk about in my band about Sunday morning being rehearsal for heaven. Like it's just an opportunity to practice what we're going to be doing for eternity.
0: Um,
1: and I think that this idea of bringing people into the presence, it's really, I think his presence is already there and he invites us into it. Uh-huh. And I think that as a worship leader, I get to call awareness to his yeah. presence. Um, yeah. And that's a really humbling and again, mysterious and kind of wild thought. but you can see it in the room. You can feel it in the room. Um, Mm -hmm. the Lord is here and he is speaking. And I, as a worship leader, exactly what you're saying. I don't just want to sing songs. I think that's a missed opportunity to engage with God's presence. I want people to be so aware he's here and he's moving and he's listening.
0: Uh, uh And, you know, people come into worship with a variety of emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you, you, you come, people who come, I mean, people come and they're, like, on this emotional high and they're just ready to get into the worship. But then you've got people who come in with, like, sick children, Mm -hmm. um, just really tough marriages, um, addictions. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, so at, at that point, I mean, do you think that worship kind of speaks into that in a lot of ways?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think... I think that one of my favorite things about God is that as I stand on stage on a Sunday morning and look out into the room, there's a few hundred people and I have no way of knowing everything that's happening in their stories and in their yeah. hearts, but God can take one moment and move in every single person at once. And that's, I could never. And so I, I really hope and pray that a Sunday morning has something for everyone because again, God is there and he has something for everyone. And I love getting to invite people to sit as a song is being sung or be silent as a song is being sung and let it be sung Uh over them or asking them to sing something, you know, a lyric that may feel really hard to sing in the moment, but it's true. So we're going to declare it. I think um, worship, is so much about giving people the words to talk to God when maybe they feel like they don't know how. Yeah, um, yeah. and so as a worship leader, I'm always aware there's some people in the room that are having the best day and some people in the room that feel like they're having the worst, um, yeah. and praise God that he's the one that moves and speaks and draws them in. I don't yeah. have to do that. Um, yeah. but I get to kind of stand back and let him let him do it. But yeah, I, I believe there's something for everyone on a Sunday morning, whether they come expectant for it or not.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I can remember um, going through a really rough season and and having to lead worship. And you know, after one experience, my wife was like, "I could tell you, you just weren't, mm. you just weren't in the moment. I mean, you just, yeah. you know, I, I've seen you lead worship before, and you know, you just, you, there was something off, you know." Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know we've been married for twenty six years, so you know you,
1: <laughs> she's you gonna know, know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it,
0: but uh yeah it, it's gonna really interesting. um yeah. I wanna turn a corner because you know we we we've talked briefly about this how mm-hmm. do um, I don't want to ask this so you know we 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 we're going through a really uh rough period in our culture right now, yeah. um, as you know, and so um. As a person of color, Mm -hmm. um, I know that you and your team have talked about this, but as a person of color, what are some of the challenges um, to leading worship in a predominantly white church?
1: Yeah. Gosh, I think one of the big challenges, honestly, can be expectation. Um, I think, especially right now in this cultural moment, there's a lot of conversations about inviting, um, anybody in the majority culture to ask things of minority culture, like ask your questions and learn their stories and hear these things. And, um, we were all kind of thrown into it at once, whether we wanted to share those experiences or not. And so I think, I think alongside that there is often an expectation or hope that the shifting of, a church culture would hinge upon the leaders of color. Um, and I think there's something to that in the fact that God has appointed us here. And I'm very honored to do that, but I also don't feel like I have all of the answers and know exactly the songs that we should be singing that is, that will make every single person feel comfortable or what the next best step is for our church culture or worship mm-hmm. culture. Um, but I think sometimes I find myself in conversations where I can sense that that's the expectation that maybe I'm going to have an answer. Um, and I'm, I, I keep telling people I'm just as lost as you are. (laughs) Like I'm trying to figure it out too of, of the best way to serve a community where it is predominantly white. And so Um, any change that happens doesn't happen overnight and it's taken us a long time historically to get to where we are now. It's going to take a long time to undo it. And so, Mm. um, I think there's a lot of God's protection and kindness in moving slowly as we figure that out. And so I think that that can be really tough for people. And in our church culture, people, um, are really high achievement people. And so it's like, okay, what do we do? And I keep going, mm-hmm. I think we wait on the Lord because I certainly don't have the yeah, answer just yeah. because I'm a person of color, you know? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And and some of that expectation, and this is just based on my conversations with other people, mm-hmm. but some of that expectation might be, okay, maybe we should change our worship styles too. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, you know, two or three people of color that you have in the, yeah. in the <laughs> audience, you know? Yeah. Uh, You know, maybe we should do more growling. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, uh, because I, 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 I was I led worship in a a mixed uh, congregation, Mm -hmm. and one of I mean, some people complained that you know you you sing too many white songs. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know that there was a white song and a black song, but you know, educate me on that. But um, yeah. I thought it was just praise but um yeah. you know and so I, I I really tried to kind of do a mix of songs that the African American culture was more familiar with mixed in mm-hmm. with some of the kind of praise and worship kind of stuff um and and so you know you, you can't please everybody i mean that's, that's right, you know, yeah. that's just but but i guess my point is um i i i think you know ex- expecting a person of color to come in and just kind of do an overhaul
1: mm-hmm. is
0: probably a high expectation and, and yeah. one that, that really is, is unfair, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And I think we, I think in these conversations too, just, you know, on our team, I, and I, we have these conversations, often we do a, a thing called worship intensive and worship leaders will come from different parts of the country and spend a couple of days with our team and, we walk through some foundations of our ministry and for the last few years, this is a consistent question that's come up. Like, what do we do about the music? What do we do about the music? Because we know art changes culture. And so it starts with creative teams so very often. Yeah. And, you know, it comes down to it, so much of what you're saying of like, Oh, I didn't know there were white songs and black songs. I thought there were just songs of truth about God yeah. Yeah. Um, and knowing you know, on the one hand, God's people will never be fully satisfied this side of heaven. So the thing that we have to satisfy us right now is the knowledge of who he is and the truth of who he is. Uh-huh. And so even if we don't we don't we don't go crazy for the way that it's presented to us, if it's true and it's right, then it's good. And then I think there's also something to be said for we don't want to present something that makes people feel excluded, you know? And so yeah, trying yeah. to find that balance of yeah, like, balance. Yeah. yeah. And it's such a tough balance. So it's like, well, let's play a song on a Sunday that feels familiar, but as a band, let's work on the chord structure. Like let's make it feel a little bit different, you know, um, yeah. in a way that maybe some other people in the congregation would be more familiar with. And we always tell people, you also have to look at the context of where you are and, Austin Texas where we are is a majority white city you know and so Mm, uh even uh the people who are coming in it's like the largest demographic is white and then the next largest is the Hispanic community and then so on and so I think even in that just kind of paying attention to how God is changing the demographic of our church and then trying to meet the people who are in the room
0: um, yeah. But again,
1: that's one of those things that happens so slowly, like we finally have the majority of our songs translated into Spanish and we finally have gifted leaders who can lead in Spanish, right? It's not me faking yeah. my way through it. Um, and so it's like it's building blocks, you know, I think, mm-hmm. again, we've come a long way but have a long way to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was a, it was kind of a huge shift when we started doing our ESL. Yeah, right? that was oh, man, that was so cool
1: it's so cool it's so beautiful i get to i get to lead at our south congregation sometimes which is um where the the majority of our um actually our deaf population is and then we have a lot of spanish speakers there so it's like we have all of it (laughs) like i'm watching it in sign language and i'm hearing it in spanish and it's like incredible it's incredible yeah
0: yeah do you think people have a valid argument um that says I want a worship service that I can relate to.
1: Um mm. I mean, do you think
0: that's a valid argument? I don't know.
1: Man, I think that Well
0: culturally speaking,
1: I mean Yeah, I think culturally sure. Because I know in the history of Southern Baptist churches and um I mean, any religious community, so often people have felt excluded because of who they are, um, which is incredibly unfortunate and not at all like the heart of God. And so I think that there's so much of that draw of like, I want to be represented here and I want it to feel like something I can connect to because there are people in minority cultures who just haven't felt valued by their churches. And so it's, it's it's a push for value, I think. And so I think if they hear how valued they are and they have people who want to lean into their stories and, you know, we always say like your church will only be as diverse as your dinner table. So it's like if you are engaging with people of other cultures, other backgrounds and letting them know that they are seen and invited and welcomed, I think Mm -hmm. that goes a long way in in engaging them in worship, too. It's not just Mm -hmm. the music from the stage, but. Yeah. I think it's I think it's valid by way of people want to know that they are valued, and God wants mm-hmm. people to know that they are valued, and so that seems valid to me. But the way that we do it, I think everybody is all over the board on.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I did have a conversation with someone recently who said, um, it was on a podcast actually, thirty minutes, mm-hmm. thirty minutes with the Perry. So with yes. The, so they were talking about the fact that, you know, uh, there's there's this um, idea in majority right culture that uh, black theology is somehow inferior, mm. uh, you know, because we don't use words like justification and sanctification, mm-hmm. although we, you know, we pre- present the same idea. Yeah. We just may not use those words or even mm-hmm. even in worship um, that, that, you know, worships styles of African-Americans are somehow inferior. Mm -hmm. Um, So speak to that. Do you think, um, I mean, how do you feel about that?
1: Oh, man. Yeah. I think that people get really comfortable in what they know and then it's really easy to call anything they're unfamiliar with less than, Mm -hmm. Um, which is super unfortunate because I think we miss out on this opportunity to learn from each other. And because God has been so specific in the way that he's wired and designed people, there's pieces of him in all of those places. And so I think we, you know, can look at another church or another background and say that's less than because I'm unfamiliar with it. But I think we should be saying, man, maybe there's something about the heart of God that they understand that I don't or there's something there that I can learn from
0: so either even side. if it
1: on either yeah. side, so yeah. even if it scares me, even if it's unfamiliar to me, I can trust God enough to lean into it and see what's there. Um, that's good and right to take away. And I don't have to call it scary. I don't have to call it less than, you know, on on either side. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, this is a, a 15 minute podcast, but uh, hey, you know what? Uh, we, we, we just, <laughs> you, know, and, you know, when you're the host and the executive producer, you know, you can make that decision. You can, so, you can do
1: whatever you want. There you know. go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: but it has been such a pleasure, um, getting to know you and, and your heart for worship and your heart for God. And, uh, thank you for sharing that with our audience.
1: Yeah. You too, Victor. Thank you so much. This is the best. So good.
0: Yeah. Um. Before we close, I would like you to pray mm-hmm. a prayer that. I mean, what do you want to see in worship? What do you, What do you? How do you want to see people connect with God? Whatever you feel the Spirit moving,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, how do you feel the, feel the Spirit moving in that prayer? Could you do yeah. that
1: for? us? yeah, absolutely. Jesus, you are so worthy. You're so worthy of us not withholding any worship from you. Um, you're so worthy of us laying down our lives. You're so worthy of overwhelming adoration and affection. Um, and I can say that because you have loved us with an overwhelming adoration and affection. You have laid your life down for us. And you mm-hmm. um, you have gone before us in that. And so, gosh, I just pray for the people of God to not hold anything back from you, Jesus. I think we can show up to any corporate gathering or even a private time of worshiping and um, bring with us a lot of fear of what are you going to ask us when we pray to you and what will I have to surrender and what will I have to lay down? And this is a time in culture where we are being guided by so many different um, authorities and so many different entities and beliefs dictating who we are and who we should be and it gets really really loud and so Um, i just beg you god that your voice would be the loudest um, that you would loudly um, push out all of those competing voices that you would bind up the lies of the enemy and remind your people of who they are in you and let us see you clearly because when we see you clearly we worship rightly we won't hold anything back from you when we see you for who you truly are so I pray, Lord, that you would lead us to see you for who you are. Uh And I pray for anyone, any man or woman who's coming into worship in their church and feeling like it's not a place that they could connect. Um, God, first, I pray for so much humility on both sides. You are the one who knows what to do. You are the giver of wisdom and you are the one Uh whose steps we are following. And so I pray that everybody, whether church leader or church attender, would just surrender to you and trust that you know what you're doing in your church, and that we would have these conversations with humility and with grace because we are brothers and sisters. And I pray that you would grow your church, that you would Mm -hmm. grow us in um, multicultural worship, in inclusivity of people's backgrounds and stories. God, I think that matters to you. You've done it on purpose. And so even if we show up on a Sunday morning and don't feel like this is the exact song we want to hear, the exact way that we want to hear it, would we know that you are for us and you are growing something, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. God, and would that lead us to praise you? We love you. We want to love you more. We want to love you more deeply. We want to more, love mm-hmm. you better. Um, and so I pray by the power of your spirit that we would do that and ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Jalisa. Yeah. Amen. Thank
1: you so much.
0: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And likewise. Uh, yeah. Well, folks, um, just as I saw say at the end of every program, um, if you want to invite others into the conversation, please remember to like, follow, and share. And I stole that from my wife, by the way. <laughs> she does a podcast too. So.
1: <laughs> Incredible.
0: Yeah, it's, it's keep it all in the family. Huh? I love
1: that. Why not? It's family business. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right but so thanks guys and everybody have a have a wonderful day